1: it's the list and your boy with jimmy van and sean ross Sapp with jimmy and sean sell bills for your dumb. make a fantastic song make a fantastic song
2: what's up you guys sean ross Sapp managing editor fight for wrestling and it's the list and your boy number 144 my god
3: 144, Jimmy. Or 143 times two, because that's what you put on Fightful.com today. I do it all the
2: time. I do (laughs) it all the time.
3: (laughs) Yeah, we're doing this on October 23rd. You know what today is, Sean?
2: It is Wednesday. It is Wednesday.
3: You know what else today is? What? Today is the nine-year anniversary. The nine-year anniversary of Cain Velasquez knocking out Brock Lesnar... At UFC 121 to capture the UFC heavyweight title. And that is noteworthy because we're just a week away from uh, the big matchup at Crown Jewel. Isn't it ironic, the timing? Because they didn't do that intentionally. It just kind of worked out like that. But nine-year anniversary of that fight, Sean.
2: Yeah, I'm not excited at all for it. I am curious.
3: Not excited. I'm very curious. I'm going to watch. I'm going to take the day off next Thursday. And, Ooh. uh, yep. Cause, uh, I want to see Kane and I want to see Tyson Fury cause he's been training in Orlando. So I want to see, I saw the, the little thing where Braun gave him the little shoulder block and he, he took the little bump. I want to see, you know, what they're going to do. So I'll be checking that you out. Gonna do the
2: post show with me.
3: Probably not. Cause I got, uh, it'll be over at like what? Four, four thirty Eastern. And I got uh, kids running around and I told you, yeah. I, I don't want that scene. Like that video we saw where the guy's doing like the CNN interview and the door yeah. pops open, you know? So. Yeah,
2: I'm I if I do it I'll probably do it myself and blow through it because it's trick or
3: treat here. Yeah. We got to hand out candy and stuff. Yeah, but not at 4:30. Doesn't it start at like 6? Like 5 here. Does it really? Does yeah, it? Yeah,
2: cuz it gets it gets dark by 7 here. So,
3: okay, I'll be taking both of my kids out. Uh yep, it's going to be interesting. My daughter only Did... likes uh, a Disney villain. She only likes the heels. Ooh, I like it. Yep. Well, do do you
2: think Kane Velazquez will be a WWE Hall of Famer, Jimmy? um
3: i'm not sure sean do you know someone else that might be a hall of famer yeah alex andresen our first ever fightful select hall
2: of fame tier member and one of his his uh perks so to speak was to get a cardboard cutout that stands behind you but we don't do the cardboard cutout gimmicks anymore
3: we don't yeah we don't have a lot
2: of space with the setup like my yeah, shot. Yeah, well, I mean, you do. You could put one behind you. I that could. Just lurks over. You. I could. I but could. he hit us up, and he was like, "You know what? I have another idea, and I like the idea." He said, "Why don't you have a personalized bobblehead made?" And I said, "Hot dog, you know what?" But then it's like, "Well, where do we put it? Where do we put it? We can't put it up behind me. Mm-hmm. You can't. You can't tape it to the green screen. So what we can do is put it. Wait, wait, wait which way do I go? This way, right, right here." Why not? Right, right
3: there! There you go. Right there, there you go. My God, he shelled out the dough. Yes, he this. did. Yes, he did. He still
2: needs to let us know what retro review he wants uh, done. But uh, you all can check out Alex Anderson at Fightful Select. He's done a couple retro reviews with me in the past. Make sure you guys subscribe. You don't have to donate as much as that guy did, as much as Alex did. But, I mean, you, you do if you want one of If you want that,
3: yeah. <laughs> if you want
2: that. And if you want... A Justin Roberts custom ring intro, Yep. but my God.
3: Awesome. Uh, a, f- a few things I want to get to before we jump into uh, the first piece of news. First and foremost, Sean Rossap, I want to say, man, I want to let AEW and WWE talent know the door is open if you want to come on this podcast. No politics, no bullshit. Young Bucks. This is not a
2: political podcast. Not
3: a political podcast. Young Bucks, Bobby Roode, Matt Hardy, if you want to come on this podcast, if anybody else from AEW or WWE wants to come on this podcast the door is open Sean Ross Sapp. it's open
2: I you know what I it took a lot of conversation back and forth between me and Jimmy to open that door <laughs> and allow it but you know what I think I think we'd let him
3: you know what I just want to say I, I I used to work on, on occasion with Scott DeMora I haven't worked with him or talked to him in 20 years but I knew him well enough back in the day to know that he's, he's a pretty funny, kind of sarcastic guy. I'm going to hope that he was kidding. Tell me that he was kidding when he made those comments, because if he didn't, it was one of the dumbest and most unaware things I've ever heard from a wrestling executive. So I'm going to just give him the benefit of the doubt. And I think and it was a joking was
2: but serious thing. Like, I'm
3: joking, but... I it- hope he <laughs> was kidding, man. I hope he was kidding, because he looked really bad. So I'm going to just assume he was kidding. Uh, next thing I want to do, Sean... So WWE 2K20, they're getting a lot of of heat because of glitches in the game. You got your review copy, right? Because I saw you did a little video. So there's been a lot of heat about a lot of glitches. There's a guy by the name of Dan uh, Reichert. I, I hope I'm saying his name correctly. He is a writer and producer. He posted a video clip on Twitter. And the point of this video clip was to demonstrate a glitch because it showed uh, a couple of people driving in a car, supposedly going to the uh, dungeon in Calgary for training, supposedly. The glitch that he wanted to show them was that the the, the windows were rolled up in the car and yet the guy's hair was flowing, even though the windows were supposedly up. In our world, Fightful.com's world, uh, it got our attention for other reasons. We have the clip. Put it up on the screen there, Brady. first list item, train at the dungeon. Are you excited as I am? I don't think that's possible, considering you've already had three energy drinks before we've even left town. (laughs) But this is going to be cool. I know. Think about how many top superstars came through Calgary. The Hearts, Edge, Jake the Snake Roberts, Rowdy Roddy Piper, and we're next. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. We have a long way to go before we can be mentioned in the same sentence as those legends. Everyone has to start somewhere, though, right? And the dungeon is a great place to start. I still can't believe your parents were... So, Sean Ross Sapp, have you reached out to 2K Sports about royalties?
2: No. Although I did tweet yesterday because of all the heat. I was like, hey, has anybody else gotten their review copy? Like, maybe maybe they just secretly love me and they, they're they sparing me. And then a guy from 2K said, well, we do secretly love you, but here's your review code. Got but it. I think it's pretty telling that they didn't send those out until not... Not just review day, like 16 hours after review day started. Uh, it is full of glitches, yeah. and yikes, man.
3: I saw the Charlotte Flair uh, figure eight with the referee.
2: That was a figure 69.
3: Thank you. Thank you. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one I mean, more. We
2: never – like the thing – obviously, that's that is – I would assume a coincidence that dude has much bigger beard than I. But yes, I, I do have people that ask us that stuff, like about our audio clips on Dark Side of the Ring. Yep, we don't get anything from that. Not only that, they don't they don't ask us; like they nope. just do it.
3: Yep, you know. I might I, I might have told the story in the past on the podcast, but when Owen Hart uh, fell back in '99, uh, I had a local paper. I wrote an article. I, I had my old site at the time, JimmyVan.com. I wrote an article about Owen Hart as a tribute. Uh, especially him being a Canadian wrestler and, and, and how big he was here. A local newspaper picked up the article, ran it on the cover of the sports page, did not ask me for permission, did not mention it, did not reach out to me. And uh, a bunch of my readers reached out to me and said, Hey, congratulations on the the cover of the sports page. And I was like, What? Wow. Yeah. Did you contact them? I did. And what I'm was, uh, even though already back then I already had a lawyer, you know, not as good as the one I have now, but I already had a lawyer. And I reached out to him and told him about it. And this was like not – this was not the Toronto Star. This was like a smaller city newspaper. And he's like, you're not going to get anything. Just ask him to send you some copies. Yeah. So, okay, cool. So they sent me like 10 copies. Well,
2: we have people that are sending us stuff right now. Rob Wilkins says, who would you want to replace Lawler? Your choice. I wouldn't want anybody to. I just don't want him there.
3: Do a two-man booth. What do you think? I liked Lawler initially. So the the first couple of weeks, I thought he was good. The other guys Mm -hmm. were clearly nervous. Dio Madden, I'm still hit or miss on him. He's good and he's bad, depending on the match, it seems. Lawler, to me now, I don't know if it's because he's getting more comfortable. He's shitting on all the guys. Yeah. Uh, And I, I remember Chris Jericho a long time ago. He was talking about how somebody cut a promo and made fun of his height. And Jericho said, how does that make you look fighting me if I'm supposed to be this little weak guy kind of thing? Yeah. So Jericho tried to explain don't do stuff like that. Lawler's doing that a lot. Like he's crapping on, on the guys, and I don't see the benefit. Why is the viewer going to want to watch him? So to, I guess to answer your question, I agree with Sean. If they are going to remove Lawler, I would go with the two-man booth. He was good the first couple of weeks. They just got to get him to smarten up on, uh, on crapping on the guys all the time. Uh, uh, hold
2: on. Hey. Oh, okay,
3: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You always do that.
2: Everybody was confused about the Scott Demore thing. Yeah. Uh, not everybody was caught up to speed. Scott Demore and Impact are running a total nonstop action pay per view, and he said that if anybody from AEW or WWE wants to appear on the show, they're more than welcome to. Right. Uh, also, OMG! Thank you for the super chat. Still love us some Gee. Uh, we have. Oh, I thought I missed one. Oh, there we go. Tim Traver says. I Watch all the wrestling podcasts since I, don't wrestling anymore. But I support FIFO because you all support me. I hear that a lot. I hear that from a lot of people that don't watch wrestling anymore, but they just listen to podcasts. That's a sad state of affairs. But you know hey, something, we appreciate I, them.
3: I actually posted on Twitter on Monday night. I said, "Am I becoming anti WWE because I'm getting tired of all the stupid shit?" Uh, and I mean, that's just how it is. I'm still a wrestling fan. Obviously I'm still a, a WWE supporter, uh, because wh- like I've said, all like for weeks when it's good, it's good, but yeah. it's bad so often. And, and it's very frustrating as a fan. Uh, I want to say one more thing. There's a bit of a personal story, uh, about CM Punk. And let me say first, CM Punk, you know, for a guy that, uh, said in the past, he doesn't want to get back into wrestling. He sure is doing a lot of interview Sean. Yeah,
2: and then complaining when wrestling sites pick up those interviews. He's doing a lot. Yeah, he's like, oh, all the clickbait. And I'm like, man, I haven't seen anything clickbait
3: about you in a while. I've seen recaps of what you said and some Fox updates. That's about it. Well, back in 98, I moved to Toronto, uh, Ontario back in 1998. At the time, I was from a small town in Canada and moved to Toronto because I wanted to, to get more opportunity for myself. I had heard about a wrestling radio show here called The Law, Live Audio Wrestling. At the time, it was not the guys Sean, that you're familiar with probably. Like, Dan the sure. mouth wasn't there. No Jason Agnew. No John Pollock. It was the original host. Jeff Merrick, Chris Tidwell, Donnie Abreu uh, were the three hosts. And they had other people after that. Trish Stratus was a host for a while uh, after, after the original three. So I reached out cold to Jeff Merrick. To tell him, you know, I'm, I'm looking to kind of get into the, the local media scene a little bit. I've got this little website. Heard about your show. And Jeff Merrick, uh, in kindness, uh, uh, brought me out uh, to, to a bunch of different events. I met a bunch of different people. He even offered me to do uh, a guest spot on the show when they interviewed Bret Hart at the Wrestling with Shadows premiere. So yep. he, he was really accommodating to me. Through him, I met a guy named Chris Tidwell, who uh, is a local wrestler here. And Chris Tidwell introduced me to the independents and, and led me to promoting Jeff Merrick... Didn't, after, we
2: call some, didn't we call one or two of his matches we did. on... Yes, we did. So.
3: We did. Uh, Jeff Merrick, after live audio wrestling, uh, went on to greater and greater things in, in the media in Canada. And now he is an NHL analyst for Sportsnet. Cool. Yeah. Uh, and he's got a podcast called 31 Thoughts. He does it with Elliot Friedman, who's another very renowned uh, hockey analyst in Canada. Every now and then I'll listen to the pod, not a lot, because you know time just doesn't really permit. But I heard that they interviewed CM Punk... And I thought, that's very interesting. So CM Punk is a big hockey fan, and, and they interviewed him yeah. when they were in Chicago, and it was close to his house, and he came out and did the interview. And uh, what I loved about that interview is that Jeff, anybody that's not familiar with Jeff Merrick, he is still really up to speed on everything. Like, he still knows the current landscape, uh, and he's still up to speed on everything. So uh, I wanted to give Jeff Merrick props, uh, number one, because he's one of the first guys that I met in the business and, and kind of helped me along locally here in Toronto. And I want to give him props because it was a damn good interview. So go to sportsnet.ca if you want to listen to it. It's about an hour long. They talk about a lot of uh, a lot of wrestling stuff. Punk talks a lot about Harley race uh, and and other stuff. And Punk also says in that interview when he's asked about, uh, "Are you interested in uh, going back? Not necessarily in the ring, but are you interested in being involved?" And he said, "Absolutely." So yeah. check I that like out. That. Yeah,
2: uh, hope he is prepared to talk about wrestling and have people talk about him because. He doesn't seem too happy when people write about him. Uh, that sets up Shane Haas, who sent a super chat saying, just wondering if you've heard about CM Punk maybe showing up at Survivor Series. I haven't heard a thing. I do it. here's the thing. If he is going to, I probably won't hear anything because they won't talk about it. They're not going to – if it's a surprise, they yeah. will go to great lengths to not spoil it.
3: They will. The problem is that if he does any kind of an appearance on the show – Everybody's going to assume he's getting back in the ring, and I don't know if he necessarily wants to. I'm not convinced that he wants to, uh, unless it's a one-off or unless it's a big payday. So we'll see. I could definitely see him being announced as like a new host on something or maybe a panelist or maybe they'll throw enough money at him and you'll say, what the hell? But when he did that go to sleep on that indie show with the mask on, do you remember that? Yeah, he was walking around at like what 185 pounds. He had trouble keeping the guy on his shoulders. I don't know the shape he's in now, but uh, he's got to put on some weight if he's going to get back in there. I think
2: I'll say that he'll have to put on a lot less weight than he would have back when he was wrestling. That's a good thing. Cause very true. Yep, wrestlers are much
3: smaller now. Very true. Very true. So long as he can, as as it's at, he can still take the punishment, and he can still kind of he has enough strength still to get guys up and stuff like that. He can do it. I don't know if he's motivated to to be in the ring. Yeah, but, uh,
2: I, I always say I can't pretend to know the motivations of a guy like him. Like, I don't know if it's creative, financial, or, or whatever it may be. He's a, he's a dude of his own.
3: Yes. I mean, the, the, the door, you know, in terms of his prime money making years, the door's closing. And, yeah. uh, and I, he's not dumb. I think he knows that. And, and these little movies he's doing and stuff, you know, you're not making bank on that stuff. I think he's doing it more for the love of it. So I think he understands I've got an opportunity to make a big paycheck here. Oh, yeah. And, and so I think he's going to do something. Uh, let's move on and talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling because this is quite the situation. It's as if the, uh, the wrestling scene in the U.S. isn't crowded enough. It's going to get even more yeah. crowded. And I'm not sure their motivation on this one And we're going to talk about it in a minute. So on October 21st, they announced in a press conference that they have established a U.S.-based subsidiary called New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. The name of the thing is New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. So right off the top, I hate the name. I hate it, uh, but that's just my opinion. Uh, it's going to be based in California where the dojo is in L.A. They're going to begin operations next month. They're planning to book 27 shows in the U.S. next year. They, uh, they showed a little map of what they're planning. Brady, do you have that map that yep. shows the shows that they're planning on doing? So you can see here they're saying uh, six cities, four states out west, seven cities, six states in the Midwest, four cities, three in the east, four in Texas. Funny that they just said Texas. Because uh, obviously they did Dallas for the G1. And then uh, six cities, four states for the southeast. They plan to run the tourism between the Japanese tours, which is interesting. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute, and too. It's interesting
2: that they look like they're going everywhere but the northeast and my house.
3: <laughs> specifically. Specifically. Specifically,
2: my house is the, like, area not covered. But What's the president's uh, name assuming,
3: is—
2: Yeah, assuming there's media access, I will travel to some of those shows.
3: The president's name is Harry Mige, right? Yeah. Harry Mige is probably like, no, you in Kentucky. When you map this thing out, no, you in Kentucky. This is why I'm moving to Lexington specifically. Right, right. Well, they're planning to continue working with Axis, and they made a point of saying that in the press conference. And uh, they also said that they had plans for three phases of their expansion, which I thought was very interesting, Sean. They had three phases for their expansion. They said they were in the third one. And they're in the third one, right. So apparently the first one was to discover new wrestlers and markets outside Japan and develop talent through the dojo in L.A. That was phase one. Phase two was to run events in the U.S., and they mentioned Madison Square Garden uh, as as part of the phase, I suppose. And then phase three is the one we're in now, which is to establish uh, a company within the U.S., so first I want to talk about the facts, and then we'll talk about the, the potential motive. So the fact is New Japan is not a big company. I, I was trying to look up their revenue, and the best I could find was a report that Meltzer said. He said that for calendar 2019, New Japan did $50 million in revenue. That's top-line revenue. Uh, Bushy Road, which is their parent company, reportedly in 2018 did it almost – Road. It, how, do you, how do you pronounce it? Bushy Road. Oh, it is Bushy Road. Okay. Bushy. Oh, Bushy. Whatever. Bushy. Bushy, whatever. So they, in 2018, apparently did $90 million in revenue. And again, that's top-line revenue. People, you know, that might sound like a lot. It's not. And, and once you're looking at profit, it's really not. Yeah. So, so that's number one. They're going to be playing, paying for flights and expenses, assuming they're going to bring in the Japanese wrestlers. So you got your flights, your hotels, probably going to pay for trans uh, to get these guys in there. Knowing that they're not doing a ton of revenue... Then the other issue, too, is for a lot of these wrestlers uh, that work for New Japan Pro Wrestling, having breaks between Japanese tours is one of the perks. You know what I mean? That's always been one of the perks. Now you're going to offer them these shows in America between Japanese tours. And I don't think they're going to make a lot of money on these shows, Sean. Because, number one, the live event model is dying. We've seen it with WWE. Number two, they don't have Omega. They don't have Jericho. They don't have Moxley. They don't have the Bucks. How are they going to draw in the U.S.? Consistently, it's one thing to do a one off like the G1. How are you going to draw consistently in the U.S.? So, uh, I just don't think they're going to make a lot of money on it. What are your thoughts on it, and what do you think their motive is?
2: So, I mean, there's there's a whole lot here. Uh, obviously, if they're in phase three, they had started these phases back when Cody and Kenny Omega and the Bucks and all those guys were there. Right. I'll say this it makes a whole lot of sense that those dual contracts weren't offered now, doesn't it? Yeah, because I mean, yeah. Because if you do that, you're tied to Ring of Honor, and it's very clear they didn't want really to be tied to Ring of Honor, and they especially don't want to be tied to Ring of Honor now. Right. Uh, as far as the live event thing, man, I, I don't, I don't like that necessarily. I think you need your, your product to be on a screen in order for people to care about it. Quite frankly, uh, that, that's just the way it is. Now you've got to battle not just the people you're battling, but you got to battle MLW and Ring yep. of Honor and impact is doing much better than they were a few months ago ring of honor took the hit they were the ones that took the hit big time yeah uh, uh, there's 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 a lot of moving parts here and we'll see who how it unfolds and like what what they will integrate and what they won't integrate and who will be a part of these shows and who won't be a part of these shows yeah but i mean you know the wrestlers sure got to be pay- getting paid more if they're coming over and doing these additional tours and it looks like they're going to run about 25 26 shows next year as is- based on what, what the, the graphics
3: that they provided? Yeah, the graphics said 27. It had 27 yeah. shows listed. So, I mean, my first question was, are they planning to do these in conjunction with Ring of Honor? Because maybe they could have Ring of Honor talent. The problem is, shocked. well, here's the problem. The problem is that the press release specifically mentioned Access TV, right? That means that, in theory, they want to air footage from those live events on Access TV. There is no way Ring of Honor talent... Is going to be airing on uh, the show on Access TV, unless what they do is they use the Ring of Honor talent to help draw a house, although <laughs> they're not going to help much. But you use the Ring of Honor talent to help draw a house, but then you don't air those matches on Access TV. That's possible. But uh, I don't know. I look at it like this. To me, I look at there being three motives why they might want to do this. The first one, they're out to lunch if, if it's a motive, and that is rights fees. I question if New Japan sees, okay, WWE's got these new deals with Fox and USA, AEW's got this new deal with TNT. I wonder if they think USA channels are just throwing money at people like those guys on the sidewalk in Vegas with the strip club flyers like this. I kind of question if they think that might be what's going on because it's not going to happen, but that's number one. Number two, I question if they think that they got to pay their guys more to keep them. Like, I wonder if they think we lost all of these foreign, all this foreign talent and maybe if we can offer up more tours and more money, we don't have to worry about the next wave disappearing. Uh, so that's number two. And then number three, maybe their intention is just to cultivate their own foreign talent, quote-unquote foreign talent, so that they don't have to worry about, you know, waves of guys going because they think they'll have more loyalty or they'll get more longevity out of them.
2: Well, here's the thing. If they wanted that talent that left for AEW, they could have them. All they got to do is work with AEW. That's yes, it. you're right. And here's the thing. AEW right now, as things stand, does not have live events. That seems to uh, – there's 27 of them right there if, if they wanted to do that. If
3: they would let them do it, yeah, because obviously yeah. They, they wouldn't let uh, Moxley do Dallas, right? Sure. So but if,
2: Ring of Honor, like nobody there. And obviously the Access connection is there. I That made me happy to hear that they were going to continue to work with Access. That's good. Right. I think in the early going, depending on what kind of talent they're sending over, you could do a lot worse than working with Impact Wrestling based on the roster they have. They got some good names over there. They've got guys like Rhino and Moose. Ken Shamrock just came through. You think he wouldn't fit in with like the New Japan? Like yeah. type. they they could throw in they could throw in a match there. They could be a lot of fun. If but I there- was
3: sorry, I was going to say if if I was New Japan, uh, I would look at Impact kind of as a I'd be on the fence. I'd be sure. on would I'd be I'd be on the fence, you know, leaning towards doing it because they own Access TV and that'll help solidify your relationship with Access TV. I'd be on the other side of the fence because Impact's not making any money. And yes. so and so who knows, yeah, even though, you know, Anthem Sports continues to fund them and they got them the US station now and everything, they're not making any money and so you never know the the the, the floor could drop out whenever on impact wrestling. AEW is such a logical choice for them. And, and if they're still sour over the bucks leaving to start their own thing, they got to get over it because it, it's such a logical choice. I have a question for you. Have you heard anything about new Japan world in terms of us based subscribers? Cause we know that when Jericho and Omega did uh, wrestle kingdom, they spiked, but I haven't heard anything since I'm sure it's dropped off.
2: I have not heard a thing. I, I'll ask, but um, not, not that easy for me to get info out of new Japan people. Right. I mean, the language barrier for one, but yeah, no, not that easy for me. You don't want to use but Google ask... Translate
3: on an email? <laughs> I don't. Okay. Well, I mean, I look at these live – to me, when I look at them making these plans, I can only look at it like the live events to them as a loss leader. Like they're looking at it like we're not going to make money on the live events, but our motive is one of these other things I mentioned, including uh, New Japan World Subscribership. Maybe in their mind they think we're going to get a bigger U.S. footprint again if we do live events there in terms of subscribers. I don't know. Those are the only things we, I can think of.
2: We have a little bit of news that just dropped that I know you won't have seen. Uh, we're, we're finally seeing the women's tag team title crossover. Uh, Dakota Kai, Tegan Knox tonight faced the four horsewomen combination of Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir. Uh, the winners get a shot at the Kabuki Warriors. I'm glad to I see like it. It. I like I it. I like it.
3: Now, is the winner going to face them on NXT? I don't know. Okay. I don't know yet. I like it, man. I like it. It's good. Uh, one other piece, I guess, of New Japan news, and then I have another question for you. So they announced that their parent company, Bushiroad, has uh, has acquired Stardom, which is the all-women's promotion. Uh, New Japan used to get a little bit of heat because they don't feature women's matches. So my question for you is, do you think this is going to lead to any kind of crossover, or do you think that they're going to continue to just run them separately?
2: Eventually, yes. Immediately, no. Okay. Okay
3: interesting stuff man well we'll see what happens with new japan again i don't understand their motive behind these live events unless they're just again thinking a loss leader because we have a long-term play in mind here but uh yeah if they think a network's ready to hand out a seven or eight figure contract on rights fees good luck to you i
2: I think they're more plugged into that but uh, i mean one of those talents we talked about at impact wrestling is named ethan page i interviewed him in person recently we had a plethora of impact wrestling interviews Going up on our channel, we have a few more as well. We're doing more video interviews than ever. Check out part of my conversation with Ethan Page. How do you think the landscape is changing in wrestling from that perspective with AEW around and and, and some of that? Well,
1: I think, like, I was saying this yesterday in an interview I did with Killer Cross, and I, like, kind of figured it would get, like, weird reactions online because I'm currently on the roster of Impact, and Cross is in, like, limbo. Yeah. And we were joking around about how, like, originally, like, right now he asked for his release. It's public. Yeah. He's talked about it. So I'm not, like, breaking news or anything or stirring the pot. But we were joking around about how, like, originally there was, like, an unwritten rule backstage. It was, like, look, like, we had meetings about it. And it's, like, if you don't want to be here, just let us know and we'll let you go. Yeah. That's not a rule anymore because (laughs) the the landscape of wrestling has changed drastically. Categorically, yeah. And it's, like, if you don't want to be here kind of too bad because we need as many stars as we can. Yeah. And, like, that's not what they're saying. I'm not putting words in their mouth at all. But it's also a business. And, like, sure, we're in competition now with so many more companies. It's just like, yeah, yeah we can't lose big-name stars like that. We yeah. can't just be letting guys out of the and and Cross And
2: so. Cross is a name that's exploded over the Especially last year. Especially
1: recently, yeah. Yeah,
2: and he's, he's a very versatile guy. He's done uh, the Bloodsport thing. He did mm-hmm. the Natural Born Killers show. he's which great are, which, on
1: the mic. Like, which are blowing up, yeah. Great on the mic.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's a versatile guy because – if if he didn't want you to know that he had a shoot background, you would never know it based yep. on, like, how he wrestles. He's able to transition. Uh, I had asked you on a media call about how one time where, like, you you keep, like, an X Division style almost.
1: I try. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah. And one of the, the most unique hybrid moves of that, that body slam off the top rope. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's, think it's like, it's like a concept that it's like, okay, why, why didn't people do that before? I and actually stole it. Did
1: you? Yeah. I I mean, maybe my memory is different, and it might have been a different move or different wrestlers, but I'm 99% sure this was at a IW Mid-South show before they even started blowing up uh, wow. with Colt Cabana versus CM Punk. And I'm pretty sure they did a body slam off the top. That's awesome. I wasn't even a wrestler yet. I was just watching music videos with my friend in elementary school at the time. (laughs) And it just stuck with me because I was like, it's the most basic move of all time. But they brought it to, like, the ultimate level. So now I've been trying to, like, change my move set to be the most basic moves in wrestling. Like, I do a backbreaker. That's one of my moves. But I try and spin over 360 degrees. That's great. Just so it looks like it's like, oh. Oh, he's the best at doing that basic ass wrestling move. And yeah. same with the body slam, body slam off the top, or the power bomb. I'll just try and launch the guy as high as possible.
2: Yeah, you see people it, like they they get creative with simplicity.
1: And yeah, I, that's what like, I'm trying to do. Yeah.
2: Yeah, there's there's an art to that, and and I think that works because the first time I saw that, I was like, man, that that just sticks. Mm-hmm. That works. Do you remember the first time you did that?
1: The, I want to say the first time I ever did it. Maybe a first time I ever did it on a show that people would see was, I think, at, at Evolve with Darby Allen.
2: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Bam, we're back. <laughs> Full interview with Ethan Page up at fightful.com. You can get early access to those interviews at fightfulselect.com. Also, if you're a subscriber of Tier 2, I often ask your input on questions that I'm going to ask people. Uh, I did that with Arn Anderson this past week. I'm interviewing Kevin Thorne this Sunday. I'm going to a concert on Saturday, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to hit him up. So uh, that will be neat. But what else you got on the list, Jimmy?
3: I have a lot on the list this week. So a couple of weeks ago on this podcast, Sean and I alluded to a top WWE talent who we had heard had their contract coming up uh, early next summer. Uh, On October 21st, Randy Orton posted this on his Instagram. Put it up there, Brady. He posted uh, a picture of him looking at a, at a sign that says elite, and then uh, his little message there was tick-tock, tick-tock. So Randy Orton was the talent that Sean and I were alluding to uh, when when uh, we heard about his contract situation. Obviously, he did that because he's teasing he's going go to go to AEW, and he's he's kind of making the situation public. This is just my opinion. I have not spoken to Randy Orton. I don't know the dude. I don't know anything about his negotiations with Vince and Triple H. Don't know anything about discussions he's had with All Elite Wrestling. Strictly my opinion, Randy Orton's going nowhere. Uh, and and the reason I think that is because he's at a, a stage in his life now. He's in his, what, late 30s, early 40s now. He's remarried. He's got a new child with his new wife. He's got uh, uh, the stepkids that he uh, adopted from his new wife. Uh I could be wrong, and maybe I'm completely out to lunch. I don't think his primary motivation is wrestling creative at this stage of his life. I don't think it is. I think at this stage of his life, he wants comfort, uh, and I think he wants to feel like he's being treated like a top guy. I know we've heard a lot of stuff about, oh, they're allegedly, reportedly paying for Sasha Banks' bus, uh, but they're not paying for guys like Randy Orton or whoever for that kind of stuff. I don't think he's going anywhere, and I'll say something else. Even though I don't know his situation, situation i know a lot about employers with valued employees who are sought after by other companies they will back up the brinks truck to randy orton's house in order to keep him because he is a lifer in wwe and i think vincent mann does not want to see a guy like randy orton uh show up on aew and so uh, i don't see him going anywhere i think he's going to get a significant raise and he's going to stay put and that's strictly my opinion
2: well, like I said, I can't pretend to know his motivations. I can't pretend to know anybody's motivations. Yeah. I mean, for example, Kevin Durant could have re-signed with Golden State. There are all kinds of NBA contracts where people pass up millions just to go somewhere else. Now, here's the thing. Chris Jericho, Dustin Rhodes, Cody, uh, John Moxley, uh, Jake Hager. They all have one thing in common. WWE wanted to keep them. And they hit the bricks and went somewhere else. Uh, Not AEW for all of them immediately, but for some of them immediately. And told WWE to piss off. And we're seeing that a lot. And there's a lot of people that we're seeing. uh, Ty Dillinger could have just secured the bag for a while. That's another one. He could have just got that. Oh, you're
3: you're using the bag terminology, Sean. My
2: God, we've used that terminology for years. Really? Have we? For years, Jimmy.
3: Are we still talking about money or are you talking about something else?
2: Listen, Jimmy, and not everybody is secure with their bag. <laughs> but you know what? If you want to be secure with your bag and make sure that your penis is always erect when you need it, BlueChew.com code Fightful can make you secure with the bag. And you don't even have to secure a bag to get this stuff because we're giving it to you for free with the code Fightful. Bluetooth brings you to the first tubal, the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but you don't have to have a WWE salary to get it. <laughs> Damn, you could you could be working for MLW. I was just going to say it. that
3: actually. I was just going to say. Yeah, that. there
2: you go. It gets in your system faster. You don't have to go to the doctor and get it prescribed. It's prescribed online and shipped straight mm-hmm. to your door. The package is discreet no whispers among the community about what you're getting but there are going to be some hollers from the community after you use it cuz everybody's going to be talking about how erect your penis is on a consistent and effective basis consistency is key T nobody just nobody wants to be humping you and it just go <laughs> nothing you don't want to sound like the start of Kalisto's theme song. <clears throat> that's not what you want out of your penis. So check out BlueChew.com. Use that code FIGHTFUL. All you got to do is pay $5 shipping. If that's all you got to do to get in on it, that, that, you know it's worth something. They're giving this to you for free, damn it. Hit them up at BlueChew. Let them know you heard about them from us. Got little hairs in my
3: face. Yeah, we got to figure out that beefcake schedule, man. We got to get that going. Okay, here's my thing. What kind of views do you think a video of
2: Brutus Beefcake cutting my hair would do? I don't care. Not worth what you're paying, first
3: oh, off. Oh, it's worth it.
2: Second off, let's just talk about how this gimmick started. I assume you've watched WrestleMania 3, yeah?
3: No, never, Sean. Okay, so that's when the Beefcake gimmick started. Do you remember how that went? Yes, I do. But, but. Number one, the electric razor wasn't working very well, and Adonis's hair was really, really wet.
2: Because I'm not letting him use the, an electric razor. I might trust Homeboy to snip the ponytail. Maybe. He can maybe. use an electric razor as so long as your hair is not wet. It'll be fine. Uh, I don't trust that guy. Also, Scott Demore owns a piece of Adonis's hair from that show.
3: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That does surprise me. Uh, I want to go back to Randy Orton for a minute. So all those names that you just rattled off there that that are now in AEW. So to me, the only comparable is Chris Jericho to to Randy Orton. To me, Cody, Omega, The Bucks, Moxley, not a comparable to Randy Orton. Dustin Rose isn't a comparable either because WWE wasn't going to give him the money they're going to give Randy Orton. Jericho is the comparable. And so my question is this. Jericho wanted to go to Japan and wrestle Omega because he recognized the talent of Omega. They're both from Winnipeg, all of that. Would Randy Orton be motivated to go to Japan because he sees, whether it's Omega or whoever it is, he sees this talent that he's got to get in the ring with in Japan? I don't know if I see that out of him, and I could be wrong. I don't know if I see it out of him. Uh, I still think that they're going to back up the Brings truck and he's going to resign, but uh, that's just my opinion.
2: Well, he did say on a game stream recently that he wanted to work with Sammy Guevara.
3: Oh, I mean, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Let's move on and talk about uh, La Parca. And I want to give well wishes to Laparka. The first thing I want to do is kind of explain because there's been some confusion. This is not the same guy as MLW's La Park. La Park is the original. So La Park is the guy that used to be Laparka, used to use a, a chair as a guitar. When uh, Laparka left, and then tried using the Laparka name when he left AAA, AAA made him change his name to La Park because they own the trademark. And so now they've got yeah. another guy uh, portraying Laparka for a long time. Like I, I think I think AAA's Laparka is in his fifties so yeah la- he is so last uh sunday october 20 there was a triple a show in monterey mexico and la Parca was part of the main event matter of fact i think he was teaming with la park but he was in the main event he attempted a suicide dive didn't go well we have a clip this is courtesy of tudn usa uh, on twitter put up that clip and you're going to see it real quick here off the top and i think i could talk over it right brady can, here. yeah put this up right there boom he tried a suicide dive. His feet uh, caught I the ropes. I don't see
2: that. We don't need to see that No, we're going to
3: cut it off. We're going to cut it off. But his feet hit the bottom rope, and he hit the, uh, the guardrail on the way down and then hit the floor. We don't
2: need to show that at all. Like, we didn't need to show no, that. I no,
3: wanted, I wanted people— he, Okay, he's not, he didn't pass away. He's going to no, be all well, right. I mean, he's in stable condition. I wanted to show the clip so that people can kind of understand what happened. Uh, so apparently he uh, fractured vertebrae in his neck doing that move. Uh, he's undergone surgery. He, apparently he's in stable condition now. Have you heard anything else? I know that uh, he had uh, uh, short-term paralysis in his, in his extremities, but it came back.
2: Yeah, I, I had heard the cervical and, and neck thing as well, but that's, that's really the, the extent of that. Of course, there were rumors that he had passed away a couple of days ago. Which I heard. Somebody I mean, wrote
3: that... a, a press release? There
2: were, there were people, like, commenting in our chat, like, oh, talk about this. And I'm like, I haven't gotten official word
3: yet. So. Right, right. I heard that somebody actually wrote a press release reporting he was dead. Is, is it, we, we talk all the time about these people. Isn't it amazing that somebody would do that just to draw attention yeah. on themselves, you know? Oh, Unbelievable. Yeah. But well wishes to Laparca And then uh, in, in more injury news, Xavier Woods. This one sucks because Big E just came back a few months ago. After, after going down to injury. Now, Xavier Woods, he was injured this past Monday at a live event in Sydney, Australia. It looks like it was an Achilles rupture. Uh, oh. and, and it looks like he's going to require surgery. I'm not a doctor. I, I, I did a little bit of research, and the recovery time is four to six months minimum if he requires surgery. So uh, that's shitty news for Xavier Woods. Hopefully, he's back for WrestleMania. And, yeah, I've, uh, I've
2: had that injury before. It sucks. Really? Oh Yeah, when I was 14, I had it. And it sucks. It's really bad. And... Especially the type of wrestling that he does that is high-paced and uh, high-speed and fast-paced and all that stuff.
3: Yeah, that's a bummer. It is a bummer. He's, he's a fun guy. He's, he's a fun guy to watch. I think he's very underrated, uh, very great sense of humor, well-spoken guy, and uh, New Day's going to miss him. Like I said, they just got Big E back a few months ago, and now they're, they're down uh, Xavier Woods, so that sucks. That's too bad for him. How's our time? Okay. I want to talk about uh, SmackDown again because I think that in 2020, one of the biggest stories in wrestling, uh, aside from who's leaving WWE by that point— One of the biggest stories in wrestling, I think, is going to be about their record-breaking revenues coupled with their potentially record-breaking popularity declines. And you talk about what a unique situation they're in where popularity is declining and yet they're more profitable financially than they've ever been, and SmackDown is a catalyst. Uh, I want to put up last week's numbers because, again, there's been a lot of hot takes about SmackDown's numbers, about NXT's numbers, which we'll talk about later, and I kind of want to clear up any confusion and kind of clear up any hot takes. Uh, Brady, put up that Showbuzz Daily graphic. These are the SmackDown numbers from, fr- from uh, Friday night. No, the other one. Take that one down. Oh, sorry. Take it down. Other one. Do you have the other ratings one I gave you?
2: Yeah, I do. But you can just say them.
3: No, I, I, liked, mean... I like having a visual, Sean. There you go. So you see it there. Friday night SmackDown, uh, 2.39 an hour one, 2.493 an hour two. So it was a 2.44 average in viewers. And the uh, adults, 18 to 49, which is obviously the demo they all care about, averages is 0.75. In terms of the demo rating, they were below the target because the target is a 1.0. The viewership was still in line because that that Fox executive said himself, uh, I think he said double the, the the 1.2 that they were doing previously or something. So upwards of 2.5, I think, is their viewership target. They're still in line with those numbers. The sky is not falling yet. No one is raising alarms yet. But like we've talked about, where are they going to be, say, the end of November? Next week's not going to count because they're on FS1 for uh, the World Series. I don't think you can count the week after because people have to kind of find the show again after, all, after they're on FS1. But say at the end of November, let's say if they're back where they were on USA, 2 million, 2.1 million viewers. How long of a leash do you think executives are going to have before they want to start making changes the way that USA did in terms of creative?
2: in creative probably not long. I was told that Fox is pretty happy with that deal so far, but yep. they're going to get slaughtered by the World Series over the next. Also, NBA starting, that ain't going to help either. Right. NBA is as popular as I've ever seen it, maybe since like I was a child. So
3: That's cuz of the Toronto Raptors. Yeah.
2: Pascal Siakam looked really good last night. Yeah, he got, got a big ass uh,
3: contract too. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah. Am I getting one of those? I, I've been performing great lately. I'll tell I you what I will get Christ. you. You know what I'll give you? They're making uh, like $20 brass replicas of the championship ring.
2: Yeah. I'll get you one of those. Will you? Yeah. I want one. I'll get you one. I want one. All because right. last year I won the Fightful Fantasy Football League, and I didn't, I didn't get anything for it. So that's,
3: that's, my, that's my trophy. There you go. Well, I wasn't told about that, so there's nothing I could do about it. But I'll do that I for you. I've caught some
2: people making some shady trades in the league. This I had to, to throw down the band hammer on a couple people.
3: Well, you know, uh, I don't know about football, but wrestling is a you know controversial business. These are Fightful alumni. Yeah. So.
2: Oh, no, they're no, 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 not alumni. Oh,
3: they're, they're still Fightful with us, like subscribers. Oh, we I do. got you. I we got had it. a
2: Fightful alumni on Bound for Glory the other night. Frank Trigg was on there.
3: Yes, I didn't see any of that show. How was it? It was pretty good, pretty solid. Uh, so my only, uh, my little, my only little head scratcher is we're going to have a heel Rob Van Dam against Rhino working a program in 2019.
2: Yes, I'm, I'm open to a heel Rob Van Dam. We haven't seen heel Rob Van Dam in 19, 20 years.
3: Are you open to it in 2019? Yeah, really? Okay, okay.
2: I, I could, if I would love to watch angry old man Rob Van Dam kick the living shit out of people with stiff strikes. I think I could, I think I could like that.
1: Duh.
3: I can talk over the video, right, Brady? Yes? Yep. Okay. Oh, Sean. I wish this first one could be the last one because it's the best one. But I'm going to start it right out of the shoot. You know what you look like right now? I saw a picture of a Drew McIntyre uh, action figure. Mattel action figure where it comes with two heads and one of his heads, he's got the hair down the front of his face and it doesn't look like the real Drew McIntyre, with this hair in front of his face kind of looks ridiculous. And that's kind of what you just look like. Although you also does, just, you look like the two K 20 guy just then. Do you, does that mean
2: I need to go kiss every girl in Cleveland like Drew did on Monday? You don't remember that line? No. Ric Flair said this guy kissed every girl in the city before raw tonight. And then brought Drew out. So if you're from Cleveland, hit me up.
3: So this first one was sent in by Andrew Monahan on Twitter. And I do not know the originating news source on this. I tried finding it. I couldn't find it. I also don't know exactly what caused what you're about to see. Seems Uh, reputable enough to run it then. Well, we have video footage. That's why we can run it because we got video footage. So, Sean, there was a man in Europe, uh, and I only think he was in Europe based on the – the information on the surveillance video that you're about to see here. There's a man in Europe that had a problem with anthills in his backyard. Oh, no. And, did he use uh, a flamethrower? He decided to try taking care of it himself. Put up the video as I'm talking. He decided. So here he is. He's got matches, and he's throwing them into one of the anthill holes. Close. And I wasn't sure exactly, you know, did he put gasoline down? Because see how he's jumping back when he drops the match? I wasn't sure. Look it. Ha, ha, ha.
2: <laughs> what was did you see what was crawling behind him
3: i mean he had a couple of dogs in, in the backyard no, 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 with him. No, no, no
2: there was like a mouse or something crawling behind him oh i'm able that. to run that again yeah yeah we'll do we it again. run it again
3: yeah run it again watch
2: watch this thing that's like just crawling on the, top, on the bottom where uh, right behind him uh as, as it goes on
3: okay look at that there's a dog there that's a dog
2: no there's there is that oh, a dog i
3: see what you're looking at and um, that thing it got have been obliterated a, by a piece no, of – No, it, it ran back. It away. ran back. I mean, it could have been. I don't know. It looks like know. a mouse. It could have been. It could have been. Yeah. Wow! Yeah, so again, I don't know if he threw gasoline down first, which is why he jumped back when he threw a match, or if there was a gas leak going underground that made the whole thing blow up like that. But either way, that's what happened when he tried to get rid of an anthill. He blew up his entire backyard. He's lucky like he didn't kill himself and his two dogs.
2: So there's no, like – report on what that was. That looked awesome.
3: It did. I did a bunch of work on the Google after Mr. After uh, Mr. Andrew Monahan uh, sent that to me on Twitter. I could not find uh, the originating news source. I so. think it was
2: from Wrestling Society X, Jimmy.
3: Is that what it was?
2: Yeah, the Vampiro match from Wrestling Society X. That's what it was. Uh-huh. That was awesome.
3: <laughs> well, there you go. This next one, this was reported by CBS Philly on October 2nd. Uh, There was a man that broke into the waiting area of a takeout restaurant in a place called Suitland, Maryland. Then once he broke into the waiting area of the restaurant, he wanted to break a window to get into the back room because he probably figured that's where the money is, Sean. I got to get into the back room. So he picked up a brick to break the window. Here's what happened. Put up the video, uh, Brady. What video? Uh, The guy that threw the brick at the wall. Let me guess. You don't have that video. <laughs> I gave it to you.
2: Brady's checked out early. He's done.
3: Yep, Brady, Brady's moving on, so he's already checked out. Does not oh, have my is video. This, again, is this his video. last week? Uh next week, I think.
1: Uh, is is I'm, next I'm Wednesday be here for the last next week? One? I'm gonna be here for next okay, week. Okay,
3: good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Next week is his last one. Maybe we'll do a best of Brady. Oh, even though he's only here for a few months. It yeah. was a black and white surveillance video. Do you not have it?
1: No, I didn't get that one.
3: Shit. Uh Brady. <laughs> so he didn't know that the glass was bulletproof, so when he threw the brick at the window, it bounced off, hit him in the face, dropped him, and he stayed down for several minutes. Uh, no. Fortunately for him, because it was at night, uh, and I guess their surveillance wasn't the best in terms of like alerting them immediately, he was, yeah. still, he was still able to get up and run away. He we was still able to do that. My God. Yep, that's what My happened. God. Okay, this last one, and I hope you got this one, Brady. If he didn't get this test, one... Is it the testicles? Yeah. I, <laughs> uh, don't say stuff on the air before I'm ready to give it away. Man, he's trying to get fired before he quits. This is unbelievable. This last one was is, is for the SRS file reported by Unilad on October 18. So Brady just kind of mentioned it. I hope you didn't hear him. There's a new product available for men designed to help them relax and recover. From any kind of strain on their groin, whether it be biking, horseback riding, or anything else. Sean, he already kind of said, what is this revolutionary product? Do you know it? Butts. <laughs> that would actually be pretty good. With a Z on the end, that wouldn't yes. be bad. Uh, no, it's called the Testacuzzi. Put up the picture. Are oh, you got a video, no, a right? Video. Run the video.
1: After a long day in a pair of skinny jeans, nothing says happiness like a soothing dunk of the tea bag into a steaming hot cup of chamomile tea. After you fit your tent for the night, doesn't sound delightful to sit back, relax, and dump two plump marshmallows into a piping hot cup of cocoa?
2: Not the cocoa type.
1: Perhaps your thing is two olives in a fizzing martini.
3: <laughs> it's ball mittens. I love it. That is real. That is not a joke. They are legitimately selling them. It retails for thirty nine ninety five, or they have a limited edition fourteen karat gold plate edition for ten thousand dollars.
2: Why not? I mean, why not? <laughs>
3: uh, I've already got an idea for your Christmas gift, Sean.
2: Also, also, you get a custom. Justin
3: Roberts ring announcement <laughs> with
2: that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can
3: you imagine if, if Justin was the voiceover guy for that commercial? Oh. That'd be be just, great. Uh, yeah. uh let's move on. I want to talk about the Marco Stunt non controversy. That, uh, yeah. that, that somehow people are trying to make a controversy. So last week on AEW Dynamite, for anybody that missed it, Luchasaurus was injured. Marco Stunt took his place uh, with uh, Jungle Boy against the Leacher Bros in the tag team tournament. There was a lot of online criticism about how much offense Marco Stunt got in on the match, obviously because of his size. Now, I will say this as a wrestling fan. This is just my opinion as a wrestling fan. I will admit that they lost me later in the match. Uh, when he made a comeback. Because what happened was at the beginning he was doing stuff like uh, Hurricane Ronas and stuff, which I'm cool with. Alita used to do a bunch of those to the male wrestlers and a lot of other women have. That's fine. He did a bunch of Hurricane Ronas. What happened was he got beat down for like five, six, seven minutes. He was practically laying dead in the ring. Then he made a comeback on Pentagon. As a wrestling fan, I will admit they lost my interest when Marco Stunt made the comeback on Pentagon. But it wasn't controversial to me. To me, like we've talked about, there's stuff that's subjective in wrestling. You like it or you don't like it. Am I a fan of Joey Ryan's gimmick? No. Am I a fan of Orange Cassidy's bullshit? No. Does that mean that he's not allowed to do it and no one else is allowed to like it? No. That's just my opinion. But for some reason, this Marco Stunt thing, he got a lot of hate on, online because he had so much offense in the match, which, which wasn't even probably his decision in the first place.
2: He didn't agent the match. Sorry? Yeah, he didn't agent the match. Exactly.
3: He didn't agent the match. Exactly.
2: Now, I don't have any inside information on this. This is my just presumption. Right. Uh, I get the feeling that before Luchasaurus went down with an injury, this match was already timed out, and they had to fill that time. I think they should be able to pivot and adjust on the fly. That's a part of live TV. It's something you're going to have to get used to. There's going to be injuries. There's going to be things like that. Did I like it? No. No. I didn't like that. Do I like Marco Stunt? Yes, I do. I like Marco Stunt a lot. Uh, I will never forget, as long as I live, the Joey Ryan lost in New York spot where he came out of the crowd and he did that spot where he gets thrown up in the air and he catches someone with a code breaker. Mm. And he did like – it was amazing. And in a year, that guy has worked really, really hard to get better and continues to work hard to get better. And I see all these dumbasses online. Trying to – because when Jericho said, oh, Rey Mysterio was light when I met him and people were like, oh, he was 14. And they linked to pictures of steroided out Rey Mysterio from the 2000s. Right. Uh, sorry, guys. Maybe go back and look at what he looked E-C-W. like before. and Yeah, before yeah. that,
3: yeah. Mexico. He
2: was tiny. He was billed at one point as 5'3", 130 pounds. Yep. Billed. Now, did I like the way that that match unfolded? No, I didn't. I would have done it much, much differently But Marco Stunt is a kid trying to become a man and working his ass off to do it. And there's a reason why almost everybody except for bitter assholes like this guy because he is working really hard. And he did get that opportunity because he he earned it and he's worth it and because he's different and he's special. Him being small is a part of the attraction. That's why they got him. If he's – honestly, if he's 5'9", 160, 170, I don't know if he gets signed. And that's not that's not like a condemnation of his abilities. No, you're right. You're right. It's not because he's very good. But him being special is is what helped get him signed. uh, More power to him.
3: Yeah, I agree. I didn't have a big problem with it. To me, you know, it's one thing if something is just really, really dumb. You know, like the fiend. Uh, laying in the middle of the ring, not getting up, and then uh, as soon as the match is over, popping to his feet to put the mandible claw on, look like a moron, uh, or John Moxley doing a run and attacking Kenny Omega, the referee standing right there watching, there's no disqualification. Stuff like that, to me, is flat-out stupid, but like, just some spots in a match, you a know, kid gets, gets, gets some offense in on a guy, I don't see a problem with it. And again, it's subjective. If you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't, but I don't understand the reason to, for, uh, for the uh, criticism. So just my opinion. Yeah. Let's talk about, uh, since we're doing this on October 23rd, AEW Dynamite tonight. They've got two semifinal matches in the tag tournament, Private Party and Lucha Brothers, SCU and Dark Order, uh, plus Pac versus John Moxley, Best Friends, Young Bucks, Britt Baker against Jamie Hayter. Baker's the uh, hometown girl from Pittsburgh. Now this one, I got to see the finish of this one, and it's Kenny Omega, Joey Janela. It's the rematch from their Dark Match. That they did. If Kenny Omega loses this match, I'm going to have an issue with I it. They, I
2: think they switched that match up. I don't think well, that's happening.
3: Well, it was supposed to be Joey Janela against uh, somebody else. I forget who. Okay. They changed it to Janela Omega. Okay. Uh, because apparently there was uh, the fans wanted it because of the first match. If Omega loses this match when they would not give him a win for the first one because it was unsanctioned. I'm going to have a problem with that in terms of the win-loss record, uh, although my gut tells me Omega's going to win it. But if he yeah. loses it, I'll have an issue with that from a logical standpoint because they wouldn't count his win, but that's just my opinion. Over on NXT tonight, they've got uh, North American title triple threat, Roderick Strong defending against Trevor Lee and Dominic Dajakovic, uh, and Bianca Belair against Rhea Ripley. And again, we've talked about this before. You look at the lineup advertised for one. You look at the lineup advertised for another. What do you think people are watching, Sean, in the U.S., if they have the, the ability to see both? They're watching AEW on TNT. I'd probably just sticking to Fightful.com and watching Listen to Your Boy, followed by the Wednesday Night Wars podcast,
2: where they can catch the rundown. Maybe they're subscribing to FightfulSelect.com, where I just did a Q&A show, Jimmy, where I answered over 100 goddamn questions. Maybe they're tuning in to watch Sour Graps with Alex Palowski twice a week. Or the Fightful Weekend or podcast with Stephen Jensen. Maybe that's what they're doing, Jimmy. Did you ever think of that?
3: Very possible. And <laughs> <laughs> when we're done this, uh, if you go, if you go to what is that?
2: Like a pasta joint. I don't. I get. I get freestyle cokes there.
3: Okay. Uh, if you go to fightfulselect.com after this, for the list goes on, which is an extended version of the list, on you boy. What, Jimmy? This isn't fancy enough for you? We're going to talk about Baron Corbin. We're going to talk about Crown Jewel a little bit. We're going <laughs> to... What a train wreck this kid is. Unbelievable. We're going to talk about Humberto Carrillo.
2: i a year old man!
3: Yeah, we're going to talk about uh, something from WWE backstage. We're going to talk about The Undertaker. I was going to talk about Rob Van Dam, but we already kind of talked about it. But we're going to talk about that stuff on uh, the list goes on after this. One more thing I want to talk about because it kind of ties into what we talked about, about the SmackDown numbers. I want to talk about the NXT numbers because when the numbers came out last week, once again, there were a lot of hot takes, Sean. A lot of people think the sky is falling because of where the numbers were. So I want to put things into perspective because that's what I'm here to do, Sean. I'm here to put things into perspective for people, all right? So last Wednesday's show did 712,000 viewers and a 0.2 in the adults 18 to 49 demo. It was down 467,000 viewers from their debut episode on September 18th, which is obviously a big drop. Uh, The demo rating was also uh, more than half what the debut episode did, which was 0.43. So people think the sky is falling, Sean. They think USA is about to cancel this thing. Now, Brady, you can put up the other graphic. I put together this graphic. This is USA Network's primetime ratings for last week, so the week of October 14th, courtesy of Showbuzz Daily. This is only USA Network. This is their daily primetime stuff that actually showed up in the top 150. Uh, My little color coding here. If it's in green, that means it did better than the NXT number. If it's in red, that means it did worse than the NXT number. And when you look at that, Sean, with the exception of your favorite show, Chrisley Knows Best. Yeah, the uh, jam. Yeah, with the exception of that. And then uh, The Purge on Tuesday did uh, a little bit better in the demo rating, but less viewers. Nothing, aside from uh, essentially Chrisley Knows Best, nothing except WWE did better than NXT USA network and you notice at the bottom I said uh, nothing on Friday ranked In the top 150 so when I look at that and I understand NXT Is paying WWE 30 million a year or Whatever the number is which is you know Significant but when I look at what Else they're doing uh, in prime Time Monday to Friday The, the, the bottom is really going to have to fall out I think for uh, NXT to be Removed from that station they're going to have to be hitting 500,000 viewers a week I think For them to be removed because otherwise, you look at that uh, those rankings, those primetime rankings, they're still, next to WWE and next to Sean's favorite show, Chris Lino's Best, they're still, uh, they're still up there for USA. And that's just, that's just a fact.
2: USA gets a lot of content out of WWE still. I mean, they still get, they get Miz and Miz's out of that, which does pretty well for them. Like. They are invested in WWE. That's a marriage that I don't see ending anytime soon.
3: I agree. Yep, I agree. And so these hot takes I've seen about they're going to cancel NXT. It's not going to happen. Now, yeah. I, I will admit, I think that uh, them putting the show on the network the next day is hurting them. I think yeah. a lot of viewers know, well, I can watch AEW live and I can add a DVR NXT or I can watch it on the network the next day. Uh, so that's probably hurting them. But uh, the numbers, even though, don't get me wrong, the drop from their debut is bad. But, yeah, but in terms of what else is ranking for them at prime time, they're still alright.
2: I mean, Total Divas has dropped from like seven hundred and twenty, seven hundred and thirty thousand to like two hundred and sixty thousand on E, and you never hear E is about to cancel.
3: Like, and it's one third of what it used to be. Yeah, but I, I don't think they're paying thirty million a year
2: for Total Divas. Oh, they're definitely paying at least so... forty million because <laughs> Liv Morgan, Liv Morgan is a treasure on that show. But go. like I said. You got Miz and Mrs. on that network, too, and, like, they're happy with the WWE relationship. Miz and Mrs. is still doing, like, 1.1 million on there, which is amazing. Is
3: that on E? What network is that
2: on? No, that's on USA. Okay. It's not on right now, though, right? No. It it went out of season in August, but, I mean, they were doing between uh, pretty consistently near one. There'd be some outliers that were, like, 720,000, but usually over a million for that show, and that's...
3: And That's honestly, yeah, and honestly, like, let's say that USA gave them a little bit of heat about the NXT numbers. It's worth it to WWE to say, we'll give you Miz and Mrs. for free. Yeah. Like, keep NXT going. We'll give it to you for free. They've got a lot of leverage because they have such a relationship with them. WWE Raw is their biggest show. And so uh, they have a lot of leverage. Have leverage. NXT, like I said, the, the, the bottom's really going to have to fall out. Otherwise, they're not making a change.
2: Well, guys. Hopefully you guys make a change in your lives and make it a lot less shitty and subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. That's where we're going to be right after this. The list goes on. Bonus post-show podcast. Every single month you're getting, God, at least probably 30 podcasts over there between the list goes on. Sour Graps, the Q&A, the retro reviews, the backstage reports, and the weekenders. I don't know over there, but leave a thumbs up and subscribe. We are all over the place. Subscribe to Fightful on YouTube for the latest exclusive podcasts, interviews, and news across boxing, MMA, and pro wrestling.
0: This is the story of The One. As a maintenance
3: engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand.